Welcome to the official podcast of ToyPhotographers.com, where we talk to photographers from around the globe about turning action figures, Lego, miniatures, and more into fantastic works of art. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Toy Photographers Podcast, the official podcast for ToyPhotographers.com. My name is Sabrina Perry, and I'm back for another episode of our themed episodes with today's color commentator, Shelly Corbett. This month, Shelly and I decided to spend our time back in time and really immerse ourselves in the original form of photography, monochrome, black and white photography. So how are you doing today, Shelly? I am doing great, and I am super excited for this conversation. I've been thinking about it all month. Me too. I've been, I've been so excited to talk about this. And um, going back on the other two that we did, I definitely did not have an existential crisis this time. It was a little bit more, I've, I felt a little bit more <laughs> relaxed as opposed to just like, I don't know what I'm doing or like have a self I identity crisis like I did with Spider-Man and I didn't go too far into my head like I did with surrealism. <laughs> so we, okay, we well, just, that makes that makes one of us because I guess I took the existential crisis on then for both of us. I guess that's why it's flipped around today where I'm the host and apparently I'm the host and like I'm interviewing you this time, which is like, we're just going to turn everything on its head. No color, just black and white monochrome photography. I do also want to mention that, yeah, we know that monochrome isn't always black and white, but we decided to just talk about it in that, that way. Um, so what was your strategy for going about black and white photography? So my strategy was to try and see if I could capture what I capture in color in black and white. That was what I, that's what I tried to do was, could I do it? And do you feel like you did it? I did. I did. I do feel like I did it and I like it very much. So I really relied on the histogram though, but that's like, a whole other thing. I don't, I, did I do it? Yes, I did. I learned, oh my God, I learned so much and I faced a lot of my demons. Okay. So like talking about your existential crisis having to do with, I am Spider-Man and surrealism and going down this deep, dark hole. And yeah. for me, working with black and white has always been this stumbling block that goes all the way back to university when we always did black and white. And I was really, really bad at it. So I remember uh, going into class and we had to pin up all our photos onto the wall and the teacher would go along and he would talk about all the photos, you know, talk about what worked and what did it. And he literally ignored my photos. He never talked about them. And that's probably literally the worst thing that can happen to you as a student to not even create something that is so bad or so good that the teacher will talk about it. It's just mediocre. So that's been my experience with black and white. So I, I had to, I had to get over that. And that was what this month was all about. Is that, is that why you proposed it or was it just cause you wanted to like, just test out your abilities and you've been on this, um, stint where you're trying to just change, uh, or like learn from your past and do different things or was it just black and white? 
is interesting to you and you've always wanted to be able to do that? No, it's definitely not because it's interesting to me. It's not okay. interesting to me. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's more interesting now. It's no, I, I definitely like to use photography to understand what happened in the past and what's happening right now and learning, always trying to learn something new. I'm not really good at learning like how to use a flash or in camera effects. I'm not really good at that kind of stuff, but definitely trying to push the boundaries of my storytelling and making, um, creating something new for myself. So yeah, this was definitely about facing those demons. So, so is, it, is it more about the process then? The process of like spending 30 days in black and white? Yeah, it was. Okay. What about you? Um, I always like black and white photography, but I also am like, I'll go through stints, not just in photography in general, but stints where I just want to like try and learn something new, like um, that I've always wanted to learn. And I was very inspired by this guy who, Oh man, I've, he just decides, oh, he has like a whole YouTube channel, which for right now I can't remember his name, but he just learns different things. He tries to learn different things. Like he tried to learn how to do a Rubik's cube. He tried to learn how to pull, um, like pull the, a sheet and keep all the things on the table, like a magician. He tried to learn magic. He learned, um, how to stack dice when you like spin the cup and I always thought oh that's really cool but I also am this like for a long time I didn't know how to do a Rubik's Cube and I was like I'm gonna learn how to do a Rubik's Cube and I spent 30 days learning how to do that and so I occasionally get into these I'm just gonna learn how to do this so what and I'll just fully immerse myself in the thing and just look up different photographers or whoever is part of that history or the lore of something, I'll just take a deep dive really into that, their history and kind of just like follow their journey and do my own journey at the same time. So I turned, turned my camera all into black and white. I like left the setting on monochrome uh, and I just took my camera out that way previously bef before we did this one. And so then I was like, okay, well, I know I can do that. And I'm very into watching how movies are made like how cinematography came about how photography came about and i'd watch these videos or read all these books and so i'm like inspired by that sort of photography but i also don't think that i take that same style like i'm not vang ho and i would love like ansel adams takes cool landscapes but i didn't do landscapes or, uh, you know, shadows and lighting. So I'm inspired by those people, but I don't think that um, those are the types of photographs I ended up taking. That makes sense. It, it does, it does. It's uh, by going down this road of doing black and white, it makes us more appreciative of people who have done this previously, either in film or in still, because by doing it yourself, you see where the, where the, where the difficulties are where the pitfalls are and what you can do and what you can't. It, it's all about appreciation and looking carefully. Uh, yeah. I think it's interesting that you changed your camera to monochrome. I did the same thing and that was absolutely fascinating to do that. Yeah. I had, I had heard somewhere that 
um, well, Leica has, Leica cameras has a specific, they have a monochrome camera that's on monochrome. You can't change the settings at all. And um, I always thought that was cool because like you have no choice. So you just have to learn using what you have. And that can make you a better photographer if you, if you are just, or any kind of creative, if you're minimized or um, restrained by certain things, then it makes you more creative and makes you learn quicker on what you can and can do with the tools that you have. And so I, that's why I did it. I didn't want to see things in color and then turn it into black and white. Although there is something to be said about doing that too. Yeah, I think somebody in me, we had, had done that, had done the color first and then gone to black and white. I've seen that quite a bit, or people who take it and then transfer it. I thought it was really interesting to go at it from black and white because I saw things in my viewfinder that I didn't see before, which was interesting. Like, uh, like I was able to actually shoot in my garden, which I've never been able to do because I've always seen the house and the house is a really weird orange color. And you can't really have that as a background when your minifigs are yellow. So that was, it really, it shockingly freed me up in yeah. interesting ways. So were there, are there images in general that only work in black and white or are always better in black and white than better in color? I, I'm not sure better is the word, but by reducing what I was looking at through my view frame, I was able to see a composition that didn't work. I could see things in the background that I might have let slide because of color. And the story really became important, which in the past I've been able to rely on that crutch of color and like, oh, pretty, pretty bokeh and pretty, pretty green bokeh and pretty green uh, minifig. Oh, don't they look nice together? It, it, but when I took that away and it was just black and white, then it was like, okay, what the heck is going on in there? And why should anybody care? And that, and that was really interesting to, to get down to the basics. Yeah. It is interesting when shapes and objects or things in the background or a silhouette makes a difference versus like what color is their shirt or um, if their pants match their jacket because that doesn't matter in black and white. Or yeah, it frees you up in so many ways. Yeah, you can definitely I, tell. You can tell different stories with all your figures that you could do in black and white that you can't do with color because everything matches. Yeah, and then you have to like think about okay, so black is gonna, so red is gonna look really dark, and other colors, and then. Are going to be lighter, and then you which are your colors are your midtones, and then when you start editing, then you can start messing with those and change your your histogram and and move it around so it, you can get a good range. Your good zone system, your good Ansel Adams one through ten zone yeah. system from your whitest whites to your blackest blacks, and or throw that out the window and go screw it, I'm going to make this all really. Uh, flat because I kind of like it flat. I don't know. There's you just end up with different choices. Yeah, 
Speaking of like your the histogram, we went on two different sides of the histogram for a lot of the challenge. Like you kind of stayed pretty high, and I was definitely in the more lower key tones. Um, like I I was like more in shadow, I guess, for a while, and you took a lot more brighter light, high key sort of photographs, and that kind of reminds me of like. Um, it, it just really goes to show you that, like, there's so many different tones and stuff that you're not thinking about or different places that you can go, like you said, with the darkest of darks and your lightest of light. Is there a reason why you were just more on the higher side? It only worked for me when I went to the higher side, and there's a couple reasons, probably because I'm way too influenced by Christina Alexanderson and her style. <laughs> but... The other one is that when I went to the dark, then I started getting hung up on expectations of what the image is supposed to look like or what kind of toy is going to look good in a dark situation. I literally, Sabrina, spent like four hours on an image in my studio with uh, Aragon and the Harry Potter and um, Ron Weasley. And... I literally, you know, them in the forest, dark, they had a little lamp, it was lit, I spent hours on it, and I hated it. And then I looked up and I looked at your, what you had posted that day, and I'm like, ah, screw it. She, ah, she did Harry Potter, I can't do Harry Potter now. But it was like, I get totally hung up on the expectations of what black and white is supposed to be. And that just threw me. Did you have any of those issues? I think I kind of stuck to the same way that I um, take photographs, which is in general, I don't plan. I'm like, I'm not a planner, which is like, sometimes I'll, I think the way I go about going, doing photographs, I think this is part of like, because I had done a 365 that I just am thinking like, oh, this would look good here or like these figures this can go here and then the lighting looks pretty good here. So I can bring this figure here and take that picture. And so, um, and a lot of times when I was doing that 365, I was in locations that I'm not really setting up. It's just wherever I was at the time. And then whatever figure I have is what I'm going to use to take a picture. So just take the best photo that I can in this moment. And so I still, even though I have more time to plan or more time to think about it, I am not able to, I think, um, plan or come up with ideas. I'm like better at coming up with ideas on the spot, just grabbing something than I am really taking a photo with, with a plan, with an intention even though like all the photos the thing is is like i think all my photos do have intention it's just i am not intentional when it comes to telling a story <laughs> do, you know what i mean like i have not come up with a story it's just more i guess it's more thinking of it like in street photography where you're like okay there's a guy walking down and then you'll just snap a photo so it's like a, a moment you're capturing a moment in time of like and it's up to the viewer to maybe bring that story of what happened before or what happens next. And you've just yeah. got this like, yes, yeah, sometimes, or like, I'll be, Oh, I can put these three figures in a boat and then put it in a reflection and then come up with the story later. 
and try and get the best photo I can in this spot, if that makes sense. It does. It does. That's what I did when we were at the top of um, that crazy mountain. Um, it was like two o'clock midday. Light was awful. I had a setup of toys and a boat. I threw it in the water and snapped the photo because that's what I had. And I made the best of it. And it I don't know. Is there, a sto- is there a story there? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's Lord of the Rings and he's in a boat, so it could just be any anything, just like the Harry Potter in a boat. Could have been they're going to Hogwarts. Could have been he's like, it's the part right after Boromir where they have to actually cross the river. Like, could have been any of those things, yeah. right? Just be a day on yeah. the beach. But that's what's so fun about toys is yeah. you can expand the story uh, and you can do like a super amazing 60 image narrative like uh, Tobias is doing. Right. Uh, And that's fabulous. And I wish I could do that. But if I can, if I can get even six images that make sense from A to B, that's a miracle. So I'm with you. Pack the toys and hope for the best. I don't want to, it's, I have an, like some sort of idea like I'll pack certain toys to a location I'm going and then I will take those pictures, but whatever happens, happens. And I'm happy with this. So how did you get to going though? All dark. I probably because I'm very influenced by James in the opposite way that you're in the way that you're influenced by Christina, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> because, but also I, um, cause I guess this goes back to your thing about expectation because when I think about black and white photography, a lot of times I'm thinking about shadow and noir and things like from movies like The Third Man or those like um, Sam Spade and those kind of black and white movies, I guess, or that cinematography style that is in like those old noir detective things or and even batman comics the batman detective comics are always that dark shadowy with one light coming from the side thing and i think i've just seen so many of those images that i don't even think to go into higher tones i guess and i just don't like the way that i take the stuff like those photos i don't think that my photos in the higher key turn out as good as my shadowy dark tones it's it's interesting how we how we find our style when you do something and you dive down that hole and spend any time there that you are going to come out learning where your style is because I, I did try to do the dark and I did yeah. try to do a silhouette and even my silhouette, which was the BMX girl on a bike, I really wanted yes. that to be a silhouette. Still couldn't do it. <laughs> I under, I, I totally, I, I'm definitely understand because I think I messaged you saying like, Oh, it's really interesting how we're in opposite sides of the spectrum in this lighting, even though we're both taking black and white photos and then I was like, I will attempt to take them in a hierarchy. <laughs> and I took probably three photos. And I, you know what? What's interesting about that too is I took those same photos in the same spot in my apartment where I took 
um, a dark silhouetted Batman photo with the light coming through the doorway. I took that photo of like the boat in the same spot at, as that Batman picture. The same window, same light, same doorway coming through, but they don't look at all the same. <laughs> like they don't give off the same they don't, vibe. They don't. They're just contrastically very different from each other. And I just was like, I don't know how to do this. Like, maybe I was like, I just can't find, I just, I couldn't find it. My, like the photos there in that, like changing the settings to that higher, higher light. I just couldn't do it. Have you ever done the exposure meter on your camera? And just I use the histogram all the time. And my exposure meter, but I didn't, not for this, because I was, I don't know. I just wanted to be able to know what I was getting into, I guess. Because on on my camera, you have that that, uh, lever on the top where you can adjust the the f-stop up to like plus three or minus three. And that's a great way, yeah, to just play with that. I also added an ND filter on this one. I did that that too. Yeah. Ah, that's so funny. Because <laughs> that's just such a great way to, to get a, a, a dark scene in a bright day. It is. Yeah. Because also, it's just good in general. If you're trying to take photographs in really bright light, you should use a, a D filter. But yeah, I, I just didn't know. I think that's what I discovered is that even though there's so many different types of light, bright, dark, contrasting in your histogram and the exposure that people are, you're still, no matter if you're taking it in black and white or color, you're, you still have your style or stick to your guns. Yeah. Otherwise you look at it and you're like, for me, it's just not satisfying. Yeah. And if I'm going to go to all that trouble, I better like what the heck's on that screen. I did like the photo that I took, but I think it was just, I took more photos that I liked in the one end than I did on the other end. Yeah. I really liked my flash photo that was, but it, and that was probably the darkest one I took. Yeah. Um, and uh, people didn't get it though. So I, I can't really, I guess, tell a clear story yet in it, in the dark side. But it's funny. One of my favorite photos is the bee, which is really, really super gauzy and uh no one well i shouldn't say that 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 wasn't received well and over in me we i asked people for their feedback and they they it was too soft for them i thought that was interesting that it had gone too far i liked it it but it's also like contrastically different to what the other photos that i was taking so i was just like oh it's very interesting the b photo yeah and how well, like and you had took it with Color and black and white. That one is. Oh no! Only... Is that the ladybug? Mm, oh, what? the the fly. The fly oh, was the in fly. color, black and white. Yeah, okay. and that one really does look good in black and white. It and does. that was interesting because it's one of the few Lego minifigures that has good texture in it, and that really played yeah. well on that. But in doing this and getting the feedback from the group from the people in over in the MeWe community is I, it made me go and read some blog posts. And I found that really good one from B&H about how to edit yeah. black and white, which made me actually understand structure 
which was really good. So what do you, what do you structure? So it's uh, when you, when you, it's one of the many levers that you can play with. And what it does is even if it's uh, a soft and gauzy image, if you take the, the structure and lever and go way to the right, like okay. anywhere from 30 to 60%, you can really add a Christmas to that image. And anytime you see a black and white image that looks really crisp and, uh, like an HD or like a really intense blacks and whites and very edgy, someone has put a lot of structure into it. Okay. So if you, if you want to go that way, it's like adding high contrast, but it's really kind of a, a different way. If that okay. makes any sense. It does. It does. It's kind of like grain or no grain. Yeah. And how did you fall on that one? I didn't. So like, did, did you do a lot of editing then after watching your B and H after watching the B and H thing? Did you do a lot of editing in your photographs or? I did. And I actually went back and re-edited the B photo and liked it better with the structure. It just, it solved some of the problems that people didn't like in terms of just the fall off in, in the figure between the figures, uh, very light tones to the backgrounds, very white uh, it solved a little bit of that. Uh, so yeah, I did go back and re-edit. And, but I edit in Silver FX, which is okay. part of the Lightroom suite. Yeah. Um, and that's just super, super fun. Okay. I didn't edit anything out of, or I didn't do a lot of editing in any of my photos. I left it as I shot it in camera. But I did... Um, I did because I so I have a Fujifilm camera and Fuji is known for their Fujifilm simulations. And so I on there's a website called Fuji X Weekly where they have different Fujifilm recipes that you can use for your photographs. And I tried a few of them and some of those add grain, some of them don't. So some of them were kind of like the Leica, like a monochrome that you would get out of a Leica camera. The other one that I used was um, like a HP5 film simulation, which is like the Ilford HP5, the 35 millimeter film way, like they processed it. So that added like, that has a little bit more grain than the Leica, because the Leica one doesn't have as much grain. And then the other black and white kind of film simulation I used was um, Ag Agfa, or the Agrafa from like Kodak. Agfa. Yeah, that one. I don't know how to pronounce it. That one. I used that for a few for a few of my shots i was i was testing them out uh but to you know because those are what that's the type of style that they by using air quotes that's the type of style that photographers who were taking photographs in black and white and 35 millimeter film were using so that's why i was i did it that way and that way I don't change any of the edit. It's already in camera. It looks exactly like it would look if you took it on a 35 millimeter camera with film. And so I was trying to have that experience and not have to take out my 35 millimeter film camera, which was really fun. I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that because uh, some of the photos turn out a lot differently than they would in the other styles shadows no shadows less shadows more contrast less contrast so i didn't do any any editing outside of what it was in the camera 
Interesting. So you really wanted to go for that true film experience. Yeah, without using a film camera. That was what I did. So I, 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 I meant to not change anything. That makes me think of the next logical step to that is turn off your, uh, your monitor in the back. Yeah. And, and never look at your photos and try for that one and done or two or three and, and, and really go for the ultimate film experience. And, uh, yeah, get back to me on how that works for you. I will. <laughs> I feel okay. I will. Maybe I'll do that. Like, maybe I will. I will do that. Turn it off. I'll try it. Why not? Why not? A whole other. A whole other month of just really, really going down the. Film that just I mean, sounds funny. very scary, but like, maybe I'll do it. <laughs> I mean, I actually use those films that you're talking about, the Ilford 400, the yeah. Agfa, all those. I mean, I remember, you know, I know exactly what those little boxes look like, pulling I out mean, and sticking the film in. and Yeah. I mean, I learned on a film camera. My dad had a Minolta. So, I mean, I, I know how it works. And I have taken pictures without knowing what they look like. But at the same time, like toy photography, I'm not sure. <laughs> 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 it could be a, a a little challenge down the road. Yeah, maybe maybe for another ch- photo challenge, we'll do that one. <laughs> so you're so you said that you're so to summarize, if I got this correctly, your strategy when you approached this black and white challenge was to emulate film, truth a true a, a film experience as much as possible as you approached your yeah your images. That is, that's really what I did because I didn't want to be affected by seeing it in color or um, having the idea that I can change exposure um, after the fact or darken or add grain or make it more clear. I just didn't want to, um, I just didn't want to have to do that. I just wanted to have the experience of taking black and white photos as it was really truly back in time before, before like mirrorless, before DSLR, before SLR, just straight. (laughs) Part of me is just dumbfounded. (laughs) What do you want? No, no, it's just, it's, I mean, because I'm thinking about this on, on my, I mean, I can, as you're talking, I can only think about it in terms of like, okay, uh, is our difference in age, how, when, and, and how we came to photography, what our past experiences are. And I'm, sure. and me going from film to digital was very, uh, very much a struggle. But at the same time, I, God, I'd never go back. If you okay. never go back, because you had 35 photos on maybe 36 on your roll of film. And if you were lucky, a good day would be one good image. I mean, like that's, I mean, that's, that's what, that's what you were, that's what you were up against. And uh, so it's nice to have that, that instant feedback loop of, did I get it or did I not? So now I can actually get a photo in, in, you know, less than 10 photos pretty much on a regular basis, sometimes as little as three. So I can't even imagine going back. Uh, But what I'm thinking, though, in how you're approaching this, that when you approach 
black and white in the way you did. And, and also in the way I did, there's a lot of discipline in yeah. both approaches, which I really appreciate because I feel like people are like, oh, it's just toy photography. But there's so much to be learned in here. Yeah, you can really learn a lot about photography from toy photography because then you can take it if that's not your end game, if your end game is portraits or weddings or I'd, album covers or anything like that, that you can really learn from toy photography and test it all on your toys with no movement, test the different ways you set your camera, and then be able to take that back into, I guess, the real world, even though toy photography is in the real world. <laughs> Do you, you know what I mean? Like use it in, in a different in a different medium or use toy photography to help you um, on another level of photography that you want to get to. You're able to try them very quickly in different ways. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And that's when I try to sell toy photography to people, that's yeah. exactly how I, I, I sell it, which is there's no part of toy photography that doesn't touch some other area of the photography world. And if you want to get good and experience in those other worlds, but you don't have that confidence, starting with your toys is just a, a wonderful way Yeah, to just learn a new perspective. It's definitely made, I think I've learned, I've learned a lot. Definitely I've learned a lot from uh, toy photography in general, but also in black and white, because I learned there's just so many things about looking at your environment, what things you can use to create and cast shadows on your toys. Um, where you put them, it can be on just like a blank piece of paper, but you can still kind of see the texture on that. And then that would show the toy more or highlight different things that you can see, which is very, very interesting. So you saw a lot more, a, some more subtlety came out in your... Yeah, I think, or more focus. Not focus in the lens, but more focus on what you can look at around you and kind of take more in the environment and or what use of toys that you can use that would change the photo, the story, or add a hat, don't add a hat. Like I take in one of the first photos that I took was like of a plague doctor, but I didn't have a plague hat on. on. And then someone else was inspired by that photograph and took another plague doctor photograph with the hat. And I was like, it looks so much better with the hat, with the silhouette, with the hat. And I was like, ah, it looks so much cooler when you add the hat. Like it just looked so much more like a plague doctor with the hat than it did without the hat. So the details matter. Yeah, I think if, when you add, you can add more and more and you really notice it in black and white than you would, I think, in color. I, I would absolutely 100% agree that when you, when you strip the color, which feels now, now when I think about color, I feel like it's such a crutch that, but when you, when you strip it and you get down to the 10 shades of gray from white to black, you really have to focus on the details, structure, uh, what is your story? What's the composition, those things in the background that you might not have noticed in color become glaring objects in black and white. I found that more than a few times. And if it worked in black and white to nine times out of 10, it worked even better in color. So I think it, 
ultimately it might have made my color photography better. Yeah, it's interesting that you would say that you use like color is the um, a crutch because a lot of people would use black and white as the crutch. Like they'll take a color image and then they'll turn it into black and white to make it look better. That's funny. I'm interested if it doesn't work in black and white, it's not going to work in color. I guess the the crutch the crutch is what makes that's interesting because a lot of I think a lot of people I guess younger or like who spend all their time on social media posting on Instagram or taking their photos on their iPhone when it doesn't look good in color they'll change it to black and white add a filter change it to sepia or something add it you know and then post to add the photo and the photo would instantly look better interesting uh because in i guess in my world always being in color you can if it's if it you can capture somebody by the with the bright color and the intensity and it's just like that candy colored environment that you create can just suck people in the bright reds the blues the yellows pink whatever um and then when you strip that away and you're left with just black and white, then it's like, okay, then all you're relying on is a story. Like I'm thinking of this image that I took in Australia of this, of the sparkle fairy unicorn princess and the bokeh is just fabulous. I loved it. I remember seeing it and how great it looked. And then I'm thinking about it now going, man, if I took that in black and white, I'd be like, no, there's nothing about that photo. That's interesting. Except the color. Okay. So I guess that's what I'm thinking is like, is now is where to find the images that look good both ways. Cause that's where the, that's where the, the sweet spot is going to be. Is it going to change like the way you take photos in the future? Yeah. I'm going to have a hard time giving up black and white. Okay. Is it, did like the, did the black and white, is it, it's like a change your workflow or are you going to still decide the same type of like decisions, toys, locations, histogram? I will definitely learning to use my camera better. That's always, that's always a, that's always a plus, uh, more, more filters, definitely going to keep the screen on black and white for a while and see what happens. What's going to be interesting, though, is so I, I sell the work and people love the color. So the question yeah. is, is when if I start introducing black and white into the mix of what I'm selling, how are people going to react to that? And so I'm going to I'm going to test those waters because I'm, I'm hoping people will respond well. So there's definitely ideas hatching in the back of my brain about where to take this. And I think sticking in black and white for a while is going to see how this plays out. That sounds cool. I think when I think of black and white cards, I always think of like those Hallmark cards with like the kids, you know, and just like the old timey feel. I think it was black and white. Does it instantly make you, It does it instantly make the photo timeless? Maybe or not. I, I mean, the ones that I, 
like the most, like the bee, definitely not timeless. Uh, Legolas on this horse, not timeless. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think of them as, as timeless. Okay. But I did take a photo of a, of a, a bike leaning up against a fence in black and white. And it's not a very good black and white. I think I'm going to try it again with all my newfound experience because that one definitely is going for that hallmark timeless feel. And yeah. when I set it up, I really wanted it to look like a puzzle. <laughs> like those, one of those super okay. cheesy Thomas yeah. Kincaid sort of like, I mean, I was really going for that look. <laughs> so I could see how this might get me there closer, faster. When you were doing your setups for your photos, did you have like images in mind? Cause you said that you were like having expectations for certain things. So did you have images in mind that you were trying to like encapsulate? And that's why some of them didn't work out for you or is it just? I was really struggling with trying because one of the things they talk about when you're doing black and white is texture yeah. and, and, and side lighting to highlight that texture etc and lego minifigures as everyone knows really don't have any texture they're pretty smooth so how do i how can i capture that in the environment so that's what i was looking for and struggled with but i'm gonna i'm gonna keep going for it see what happens and and i think i'll learn something from this what about you did you did you set up your shots with an idea in mind for that final image not this time i think because before we started this challenge i had already felt like i took my best black and white photo that i was ever gonna take i know that sounds like ridiculous but like i felt like i had already there were like basically i just like i still feel like the best photo that i ever took in general or like the best toy photography photo that i think i took is Batman coming out of the darkness, like with the shadows and just like the light coming out of the doorway and it's black and white. And I just thought that was like the coolest photo. And I love all the photos I take, don't get me wrong, but I think that one was just like, for me, I was like, oh, I, I've, I've accomplished something that I felt like I could never, I wasn't going to accomplish like or reach in photography is just taking like a really cool street photography like shadow coming out of a corner because I just don't do street photography like just the lighting and the shadows like coming out. I just don't do that so when I so for me I was like okay so I've already taken that type of black and white photo so when I was taking the when I was going through this during the month I was thinking what type of black and white photos can I try what photos do I want to be able to try and learn how to do? So I took silhouettes, I took dark portrait photos, I took a non took non Lego photos of like Joker and Harley Quinn in portrait styles, which I don't usually do close ups, and like I did um, ones outside in a forest. I really tried to I really tried to hit all the types of black and white photography that. I see in movies, like I tried to do like um, a cinema type pose, a detective one. I used like Harry Potter. Uh, I did like a boat reflection. I did the plague doctor silhouette. 
I did a shrimp boat because I thought boats in the water look cool. I tried to do like, uh, I did a war photo because I thought, because in my head, I think black and white photography also, I think a lot about like the old war photographers and like people are taking pictures of cannonballs during the Crimean War. So I was, I was just really trying to get a wide range of like spectrum. <laughs> and so that was my strategy and my, my idea for encapsulating different things. So I was just trying to mimic different phases of black and white photography. So listening to you talk about all the different things that you tried, what I'm thinking is, is why these challenges are so important and, and why they are so incredibly valuable to do is they just really force you to, when you embrace them, force you to think and try things that you might not do if you're just feeding the, the social media beast or just playing around or just doing stuff for your own joy. You're really, you're just, you're learning. I think that's if you're going to go down this path of creativity is having that experience of pushing what those limits are and learning new things is, is really so much fun and you have no yeah. idea where it's going to take you. You don't. I think it was just one of those I was thinking, well, I'll just jump in and these are images that I think about. I will just try and take similar images with toys that I have. I, I think it was great. I loved watching it. And I, I, but I still do not understand how you and I, not once, not twice, but three times ended up posting basically the same photo. I know. I, and what's crazy is like, I didn't, those times that we did that, I didn't, I hadn't seen what you posted. I, I like posted it. And then I looked at your photo and I was like, we legitimately have both posted like sports pictures. Yeah. No. <laughs> like we both put boats in water at the same time. <laughs> and was, was the other one? It was the Harry you did Potter. BMX yeah, yeah, that's right. Lord. But I didn't, yeah, I just like, I saw yours and I'm like, oh, can't do that now. You should have done it. I would have loved to see it. And, I mean, I always take Harry Potter photos. So, like, it would have been likely that one of them was going to be Harry Potter. Because I just have so many Harry Potter figures. I never take Harry Potter pictures. Harry Potter pictures never. But I think that's part of that, of trying to either embrace the expectation of the medium or uh, push against it and creating something in your own style on your own terms. I don't think you have to go down that noir, black and white, high contrast uh, sort of rabbit hole if you don't choose to. You can go there. There's lots of different options in the black and white world. You can do it as soft as focused. You can do it as crisp and structured as you want. It's really that that is up to you as the artist. And I think that we really, unfortunately, don't see enough of black and white. So it's hard to see what our options are. It's really cool. If you take a look at the hashtag um, TP underscore back to monochrome, you can see the wide range of photos that everyone, everyone took because you know, there was a lot of people who took really interesting photos like up against windows with water and that adds a lot of different kinds of bokeh that you can see people had taken pictures underwater with 
or with metal toys and tried to make them look more old school, like um, C-3PO in a bird's, like, me- like memento to the birds. That was great. Uh, you know, there's, like, a couple of people who took, like, silhouette detective noir silhouettes, which what is a, a lot of people to think about when it comes to black and white. And then a lot of people brought out old toys, like their vintage toys to take pictures of, of those. Cause it brings out that kind of nostalgic, more nostalgic type feel than maybe something else would, or it has that old wooden like texture or that old metal like paint coming off of the toy that gives it that lived in vibe. Yeah. I'm surprised more people don't use black and white photography with their toys. Cause it, if you take the, if you strip the color out, you have so many more options for mashups cause you're not stuck with a trying to match your toys color or color scheme. You can take toys that are super uh, muted and mix them with toys that are super brightly hyper bright colors and put them together in images and the black and white just sort of, melds them beautifully i'm surprised more people don't do that yeah maybe more people will now that we've brought it up twice (laughs) in this episode of uh the podcast and also with james and and christina in episode number 60 76 76 yeah that's that's a really good uh episode because there's lots of great examples that other people have done and Christina's got some good thoughts about about photography and, and sticking to black and white and how that can really use it as a tool yeah. to make either your black and white or your color photos stronger. That's true. And you can also see how in James has influenced me <laughs> in darker tones because he definitely took pictures that are kind of similar to the photos that I took in that t- sort of black and white style. And you definitely want the more Christina out. <laughs> <laughs> so Sabrina, I already said I'm going to keep going in black and white because I, I think there's lots for me to learn here. But what about you? What do you think you'll do? I probably will t- I'll take black and white. I like black and white photos to begin with. I just don't do it a lot, but maybe I'll um probably take them more. I really didn't I really did enjoy it. And also part when I was taking the black and white photos is at simultaneously at the same time as this challenge, I happened to just pick up regular photography gigs that I, I have never like actually like taken photographs, like, um, like for weddings in general. Like, and so I did two weddings and like a portrait session, which I don't typically do. So I did learn a lot actually with the black and white, I was able to use all the stuff that I learned in black and white and also in toy photography to just do that. And I wouldn't have, I feel like those sessions turned out better because of that. That is so fabulous to hear that A, (laughs) you picked up jobs and B, everything that you're learning and all this, these challenges you're doing and getting better at your photography that you can take it back out and and you see those results in your other work. I love that. Yeah. The other thing about black and white, I, I've noticed not just what that I've learned from the photos that I took, but what other people took is that you can really use black and white to bring out like really cool different types of bokeh or like different types of blur in the background that wouldn't look as good in color that it does in black and white. Just got to experiment, see what happens. 
Yeah. And then next time you see it, you'll know instantly, okay, I can do this. I guess that's, that's also, I, I was listening to a Chase Jarvis podcast the other day, and it really did come down to just the more you do, then the faster you can get to the answer because you'll you'll have seen that and you're like, okay, I did that last time it worked. I'm going to do it again now. Just Yeah. It's kind of like when you learn how to play chess, you already know that that's a trap that you won't do it again. <laughs> I'm going to just have to take your word for you on that one. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I just, cause I was just thinking that I'd also taken like chess photos in black and white because I think like seeing people in the park play chess <laughs> would in black and white is like a thing that I've seen. And therefore, like when you see things and you know, that would make a good photograph that like you can malt, you can do it again and again now that you've seen it once or now that you've spent all this time in black and white. Oh, you can see this shadow in color. You can see that the shadow would look really good when you put your toy there that you could take a photo here or this surface. Yeah. You know, so now that you've seen it before. If anyone wants to take a dive down to black and white, there's definitely some links that we'll put up in the blog post that will go along with this. So some good articles that I know I read. I'm sure that Sabrina's got some some good tips for you that we can link back because there are definitely some things you'll want to do down the road and how you approach editing and composition that uh, just a little a shift in mindset that will help you get to what you want a little bit faster. Yeah. So if you haven't done it, definitely turn your camera to monochrome and just live out there and try and do it because you can learn a lot. Yeah. And do it for 30 days. Check out the hashtag. Yeah, absolutely. There's so many good photos on there. I was so impressed by how many people jumped on and tried something different here. Yeah. I loved it. I also like the way some people showed black and white versus color. So take a look at that too. Yeah. So what do you what do you have for us next month? So next month, I was thinking that we take song lyrics and turn them into photographs because I think that would be a really cool idea. <laughs> no, actually, I think I think music inspires a lot of photographers. I think people listen to music and take photos. A lot of people listen to music all the time and to be able to bring song lyrics out into a photo, I'm very interested in seeing just being able to experiment that. Cause a lot of times you'll hear a line in a song, I walk a lonely road, and then you'd be able to be able to bring that out into a picture. Who knows that picture? You'd be like stairway to heaven. What do you, what do you think? When you, what do you think about in your head when you're listening to music? and songs and then bring that out into a photograph what does it what's a tangerine dream look like i don't know I don't what does a daydream believer look like <sighs> oh. <laughs> okay all right but i i have to because <laughs> i'm gonna find this challenge incredibly challenging this is i i was like i was scared to bring this up because i was like this is gonna be so hard this is gonna be really hard so i'm gonna open it up for people that it can be as as uh um as abstract or as um uh what's the other Chris, what's the other word sabrina i'm like my literal. old lady brain <laughs> literal okay so good. what's abstract it could be as abstract or as literal as you want to go exactly yeah uh, i would recommend though choosing lyrics that make 
that are uh, important to you or that you connect with, because I think it'll make it easier to create the images. And it doesn't, as long as you, the artist, can make the connection, then we will buy it. Correct? Yeah. 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 If you believe in it, I believe in it. Absolutely. There we go. Well, that was fun. Thank you. That was fun. Thank you, Shelly, for letting me take the reins this time. (laughs) Thank you for having me on this podcast. Thank you for joining me on the Toy Photographer's Podcast, Shelly, for another themed adventure on hashtag TP underscore back to monochrome. If you want to find us and talk to us more about toy photography, you can join us on MeWe, where you can talk to other toy photographers for at MeWe, Toy Photographers. You can follow us on toyphotographers.com, on Instagram, and you can check out the blog. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Sabrina. I will see you Thanks, next month. Shelly. Yep. Thanks. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you want more episodes or articles about toy photography, visit us at toyphotographers.com. The best way to connect with us on social media is on MeWe. Search for toyphotographers.com or find the link in the show notes. If MeWe's not your thing, visit us at Facebook, Toy Photographers, or on Twitter, at Toy Photoblog, or on Instagram, at underscore toy photographers underscore. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>